Welcome to the Loving Wellness Podcast, your compass to embracing a holistic approach to health, one that extends love not only to your body and spirit, but also ripples outward to those around you. I'm your host, Ava Nori, a registered dietitian and your wellness BFF. Together, we'll dive deep into all the ways you can practice loving wellness in your own life and tap into the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself through both solo episodes and conversations with experts in many fields. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Loving Wellness Podcast. I hope you're all having a great week, a great Wednesday. If you're listening to this on the day it is out, I am super excited about today's episode with my friend Claudia Keener Gilani, also known as Healing the Source on Instagram. So, Claudia is an herbalist, she's an alternative health practitioner, she is the host of the Healing the Source podcast. She's also the founder of the supplement line under the same name, Healing the Source, where she sells her herbal supplements and teas that have helped her to heal from her own chronic health issues. And that's really why I was so excited to have Claudia on the show today. We really dive into her own healing journey and how she transformed her health. And truly, it was such a transformation. I mean, she has before and after pictures on her Instagram, which if I'm sure you're following her, if you aren't already, though, you can go and check out. But Claudia healed her cystic acne that she had for years and years naturally when allopathic medicine failed her, essentially. She also healed from so many other health issues, chronic fatigue, digestive issues, inflammation. I mean, her symptoms kind of ran the gamut and it is just so inspiring to be able to hear her story and how she really never gave up and had to take matters into her own hands, but it's put her on this true path to healing and helping others now heal. If you deal with chronic symptoms of any kind, any chronic illness, I think her story is going to be really, really inspiring to hear. But even if you don't, it just goes to show that it's important to question everything, regardless of whether it's quote unquote holistic or not. And we get into this in the conversation as well. But Really, I think that we need to come back to our own bodies and listening to what they're asking for. And that's truly, and you'll find as we get into this in the conversation, how Claudia was able to heal herself. Um, We also talk about so many other things. Claudia has so many great product recommendations when it comes to living a non-toxic life. And we have a really interesting conversation on greenwashing and how to discern between products that are just trying to greenwash you and brands that are just trying to greenwash you versus truly safe products to use, which can be such a crazy feat these days. We get into how all of this led to Claudia starting her own business. She kind of fell into it organically because she was sharing her own healing journey on Instagram and it created this massive platform that she now has that is basically her life now and her her business. So we get into it all. I also really loved talking about the dangers of hormonal birth control with her and the copper IUD, which might be surprising for a lot of people to hear. You know, we think of the copper IUD as a non-hormonal form of birth control, so it must be safe, but 
listen to this conversation and you'll find out why it might not be the best option, even though it doesn't have hormones in it. We get into the topic of breast implant illness a little bit too. So we really kind of go all over the place in the best way possible. I'm really excited for you to just listen to it. So I'm going to stop talking and I hope you all enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think over on Instagram. I'm at Avanuri Wellness and make sure to leave a five-star rating and review if you enjoy the show. And with that, I'll let you get into the episode and I'll talk to you all in next week's solo episode. Thank you guys for listening. I am so excited to chat today, Claudia. I gave you a bit of an intro in the beginning of this podcast myself, but I just love hearing about people's healing journeys and I just find it so magical, just the innate healing capacity of Mm -hmm. the body. So I think I just want to start with your story, how you got into alternative health, holistic healing, your own healing journey, and what kind of led you to this world of like herbalism, non-toxic living, natural remedies, like all of it. All the witchy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My mom and I recently said we're bringing witches back. (laughs) Great. People are going to trust me less, but (laughs) bring it on. I was going to say, I was, let's just start with maybe what were some of the symptoms you were feeling before you got into all of this, into this healing journey? And like, what was your life like before you found holistic health and started to heal your body? Yeah. So from infancy, I had already some issues because I was, I had adverse reactions to childhood inoculations. Unfortunately, I had very severe reactions at six months old. Thankfully, my doctor or my pediatrician told my mother she should never get this certain shot ever again. It was it was hard to come by to hear that from a, a doctor. And thankfully, my mom was like, oh my gosh. And she started to do her research and learn that there are a ton of heavy metals in these shots and there there's formaldehyde, et cetera. Like the list really goes on. And this isn't like to be like pro or against. This is just factual information. This is what's in shots. So I think ever since I had that adverse reaction and I was – I think it was really mainly due to the amount of heavy metals. My body just – shut down and I was having full body inflammation. At six months old, I was crying for two months straight. Nothing would calm me, calm me down. And of course, my mom was freaking out. There was nothing she could really do at that time. Thankfully, there's so much she could do now. But I think growing up with that situation, I had a lot of inflammation. So I had for over a decade, full body cystic acne. And when I say full body, like I want people to understand, I didn't just have it on my face, my chest, my shoulders, my back. It went down my legs to the point where I was like, what? Is this girl diseased? What is going on here? I lived in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. It was very hot and humid there in the summer, of course. And I would wear long sleeve shirts and long uh, jeans in, in hot 90 degree weather. And people were like, what's wrong with you? Wear some shorts. I was just way too embarrassed to show off my white pasty legs with a bunch of red pimples everywhere. It was, it was horrific. On top of that, I had chronic fatigue. I couldn't get out of bed until the afternoon. I was, I was convinced that I was lazy, even though in my head, I'm like, 
I'm a perfectionist. I'm a Virgo. I have all these things I I dream of doing. I want to do. And I'm like my head and my body were constantly at war with each other. One, my body was like, I can't do anything at all. My brain was like, I want to do all the things. And now I'm really depressed because I can't do any of those things. I can't be a normal kid. I couldn't go socialize and hang out with my friends because I had severe anxiety and depression and and fatigue and I felt like crap. And I literally couldn't take a crap because I was constipated. (laughs) It was like one symptom after the other. But from a very young age, I was always intuitively skeptical of people in white coats. I was like, I I don't know. I didn't know what it was. No one ever told me, hey, don't trust the medical system or, hey, ask questions. It was just something in me. Even when I had a cold and my mom would want to give me like cold syrup, uh, like cold medicine for kids, I'm like, I would say, no, my immune system can do that. I don't like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I just, and that was just something in me was like, this is, this is, this is, feels right. This is the truth. But of course, over the years, whether you intuitively know something like that as a, as a young person or not, we're in this system that tells us what's right, what's wrong. And if you question it, you are, a conspiracy theorist, you're stupid, you're a freak, a pariah of society, you're a rebel, which in my eyes is pretty cool. Uh, But we're just programmed and programmed and programmed. And so I started to question myself. And of course, I didn't, no one taught me the answers to why I had such debilitating period pain. It was horrible. I mean, it would be to the point where in college, I remember driving to my job and having to pull over to the side of the road and just sit there and breathe and cry until a cramp would pass because I I didn't want to crash my car from the pain that I was experiencing. I've even, I've fainted from how painful my, my periods have been. It was like, and I just accepted it because everyone's like, well, you know, some women have it really bad and that's that's their normal. So I was like, okay, <laughs> what horrible cards were <laughs> given to me then in this life that this is my normal, but okay, this is my normal, I guess. And again, the intuitive messages kept coming to me of don't do birth control. You don't need synthetic hormones. So I never did that, but I chose the copper IUD, which... In my eyes at the time, I was like, yeah, you did it too. (laughs) Yeah. Got it out like a year and a half or two years later because of how excruciating the pain was. But yes. Yeah. I got mine out like six and a half years later after the pain, even though my pain was so horrible, like even worse, if you could imagine. But I got that because I'm like, no hormones. Great. That's, that's, That's why most of us get it. No synthetic hormones. Um, But what they don't tell you is that actually it does disrupt your hormones because most of it is plastic and plastic is an endocrine disruptor and it's living in your uterus 24-7 for what's meant to be years. You know, some people have it in for 10 years. Not to mention the copper toxicity. the (laughs) copper itself. Yeah, it's not just the plastic, it's the copper. Um, Yes, there are certain types of, you know, there's there's copper in food and we need copper. And a lot of us are copper deficient. But people don't realize that the copper, the synthetic 
copper in our uterus that's living there 24 7 that's not the type of copper we want in our body and it's leaching little amounts of copper all the time which is what kills the sperm but it's also causing constant inflammation which is why the periods are longer, which is why the periods are more painful. Even if you're not experiencing those symptoms, some people are like, oh, I'm fine. I I don't have any symptoms from the copper IUD. It's like, well, uh, down the line, you might have fertility issues. I'm sorry to say. Uh, it's it's a risk. It is, there's there are risks involved, especially when you put a foreign object in your body, especially in that most sensitive area as a female. What are we doing? (laughs) So man, I could go on so many different (laughs) routes of like where I've been and what I've experienced. But yeah, to to just quickly list them off, chronic fatigue, anxiety, depression, brain fog, uh, acne, constipation, bloating. I had like every symptom, but I never wanted to go to a doctor to get a like formal diagnosis. So I'm sure if I went to a doctor and got a whole uh, exam of of what I was going through, I would have get, been given diagnoses. Um, but I just I didn't want I didn't want the labels. So anyway, what what finally got me to realize that this was not working, even though the whole time I was like, this is not working, this is not working. It was 2020 when shit hit the fan, right, for everyone in the world. And um, I was someone who was overworking myself. I I just graduated from UCLA. um, So I was very busy with school. And then I had a job at night. And then I was also, so I was a performer. I did commercials. I did uh, print work. And I was on the path to doing to, to act and model. And I was, I was doing it. I was doing great things. I was booking a lot. I was like, wow, this is the life. Money's great. <laughs> How exciting. And I just love to perform. That was, that was always uh, a passion of mine growing up. But then think everything shut down. I could no longer go on auditions. Um, nobody was working. I couldn't work my restaurant job at night. And it was honestly a blessing in disguise for me because it allowed me to not only rest, calm my mind, calm my nervous system, ground myself back to earth because I was nearing burnout. I think I was already burned out for years, but I was just going on empty fuel and blown up tires being like, this is fine. And it allowed me to be like, okay, this is the best time than ever to figure out how I can help myself because there's nothing else to do. So I need to focus on me. So that's exactly what I did. And I was drawn into herbalism. I don't know what it was. I think I just started following people who were showing incredible results in lymphatic drainage. I didn't know what lymphatic drainage was. So I started learning about the lymphatic system. What is that? Oh my gosh, it's the sewage system of the body. It takes waste from all of the organs in our body and it transports it, um, or not the organ, but everything in the body and it transports it to the eliminative organs and we pee and poop it all out. And if the lymphatic system is not working properly, 
and the whole system is in disarray. I'm like, this is fascinating. And I suddenly just found myself working with herbs and connecting with local farmers. And then I learned about what regenerative farming is. And I didn't want to support the big ag. I was like, I want to work with the farmers who know what they're doing and they're they're working with rich soil and they have soil that's alive. It's not like if you go to a normal farm that has monocrop agriculture, meaning they just farm the same crop that's destroying the earth <laughs> with all their pesticides. And, you know, we're supposed to have an abundant array of different living species on land. And that, uh, wow, I could go on a different route than that one. So I'm going <laughs> to try to <laughs> pull it back in. But I'm like, ah, I want to work with regenerative farmers and I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm working with all these herbs. I'm blending herbs. I'm learning which herbs um, cause I started to just like, just drink spearmint tea or like just drink mm-hmm. chamomile tea. And that was great. Love that. I love herbs on their own, but I started to realize that certain herbs blended together made like one herb can make another herb more bioavailable. So it makes the properties of another herb, uh, more potent or more usable for your body. I'm like, this is amazing. And I, created a formula for myself that targeted my lymphatic system, a bit of my liver and my kidneys, because the kidneys, if the kidneys are not filtering properly, the waste in your system comes up, it can come up through your skin and your skin is essentially like your third kidney. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I was experiencing acne. So I'm drinking this potent herbal potion every single day. And suddenly my my skin is clear for the first time in 12, 13 years. And I started to track my progress on social media and people took a notice and they're like, well, I have acne and nothing works for me. Can you send me that blend? I'm like, oh, okay. And then it just became more and more um, asked about and, and popular. And I was like, well, I guess, is this a business? I guess this, I guess, is this my career now? Okay. And, um, from there I've just, I've been so excited to learn more about the world of all. I mean, I hate calling it alternative medicine because it is just the original medicine that we were given. And, um, yeah. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) I didn't know you got your start kind of through herbalism. And I think that's so fascinating. I'm currently in an integrative and functional medicine program with Dr. Aviva Ram. I don't know if you know who she is. Yes. Yeah. She's the best. And she, I'm learning so much about herbs. Not that I, you know, I've been using herbs for years, but really learning about the synergistic properties like you were talking about and all the different benefits from mother nature really Mm -hmm. and coming back to our roots in that way. And I I agree. It shouldn't be called alternative medicine. It's like, this is medicine. This is traditional, real medicine that we were supposed to be Mm -hmm. using all along. And somehow allopathic medicine took over and the history is so cool too. I'm sure you know all about it of like how that came to be. And I just find that there are so many similarities in our stories. I dealt with basically every symptom you shared when you were going down the list. So I feel for you. I relate to you. I can so 
Like it's just, it's so hard, especially with the acne. That piece mm. is, it's on your face. It's so close. It hits so close to home and it's so hard. It can be so detrimental to your self-esteem, to your confidence. And that is a struggle that I have had. And it's it's so not fun. And we've talked about acne a lot on this podcast. So oh. thank you for sharing your story with that. Because if you're dealing with that right now, I feel for you. And I know Claudia does too. It's really hard. And I am so happy that you found healing through your teeth. It's so hard. And it's frustrating sometimes when you hear from somebody who's never had acne in their life. Maybe they had a pimple and they like made a big deal out of that one big pimple that they had. And, and then they suddenly have all these recommendations on what to do. Right. Oh and you're like, thank you. I'll, I, I do wash my face, but I will, you know, I'll keep doing, doing me. But it's like when you've tried what feels like everything, you're drinking more water, you're doing the facials, you've tried exfoliating and now suddenly you're exfoliating to the point where you're burning your skin off and you're, it's flaking yeah. and it burns and it hurts and oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> the tretinoin, putting yes. tretinoin on just to have your face burn off. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. I've been there. Yeah. We could get into all of that. I mean, I also, like you, have been skeptical of of using conventional medicine for mm. things that didn't require it for my whole life, basically. I really didn't like going on antibiotics at a young age when I had no mm. idea the effects and we didn't know. The gut microbiome wasn't a thing back then, but I mean, it was, but we just didn't know about it. And exactly. <laughs> it's just crazy how the Band-Aid solutions are just offered so quickly. Like I have so many friends on spironolactone for their acne and so many people who have gone on Accutane and, you know, even birth control is just kind of the first treatment for acne. You go to the doctor and they're like, okay, go on birth control. Oh, it's like any crazy. female <laughs> problem, any symptom yeah. that a female is dealing with, birth control birth control, birth control, birth control. It's like, Oprah, everybody gets birth control. Like, are we kidding me? And I like, I don't judge anyone for the choices that they yeah. make because I, I've hit my lowest point several times where I was like, I don't think, I really don't think I have any other options other than Accutane. And so I took Accutane. I did not want to take it. I really, really didn't. Mm -hmm. It has a, it's a black box label, meaning it's one of the most dangerous medications that you can take. It, it pretty much guarantees that if you were to get pregnant on this medication, uh, your baby will be deformed. It destroys your liver. It destroys the gut. It causes long-term symptoms. I dealt with a lot of issues with it afterwards and it didn't work for me. <laughs> it didn't work. And I was like, I'm cursed. This is truly, I'm cursed. <laughs> because if, if I took this medication that I was like, this is the last resort. Like I, I didn't want to take it, but I see all my friends taking it. Their skin's clearing up. It looks amazing. I'm going to do it and I'm going to be done with it. And then my skin will be clear. And I'm just going to move on. And nope, that's not what happened. I It cleared up like some body acne for me, but my face was still just so inflamed. And I'm sure they would have said like, oh, let's just do another six months at a higher dosage. I did not want to do that. I didn't think 
that was the solution. Um, and so many people who do take Accutane who have a clear face, they end up getting ac- acne again a few years later, which to which they go back on Accutane again, and they think that's a solution. It's still not a solution because let's say your acne does go away permanently after the second, third time, you are now dealing with so many other issues. Your gut is busted. You're you're probably dealing with the anxiety, depression. So there's a lot of like cleaning up to do after that. And it's really tough and it takes a long time to heal from Accutane. And a lot of things that people don't even know are related to the Accutane that come up later and they think that these are separate, but it's never separate. And the body is always kind of healing from things that you did in the past. And mm-hmm. you might not even know that that thing had an effect. Like Maybe taking antibiotics even at a young age when you were in your childhood years, in your teenage years, that can have an effect on your gut health decades later. So it really does all kind of compound. Yeah. I mean, that that in itself could have acne or not acne, <laughs> um, antibiotics, that's the word. That in, on its own, let's say you took antibiotics for some bacterial infection you had as a kid, that it, on its own could have caused your acne later on. And then guess what? You're being put on to more antibiotics for what the antibiotics did to you. And it's like this vicious yeah. cycle. So important to talk about. And that's why I love your platform because I feel like you're bringing light to all these things that so many people are afraid to talk about or are just kind of, they don't have the knowledge and the awareness that you do. So I think that it's so important, the work that you're doing. And I just love everything that you do with Healing the Source. So I know you started with herbs and kind of starting to sell your teas. And I love how organic your business has been and the growth of it has been. But are there other things that you've done aside from herbs and getting into herbalism to heal? Was it maybe like, did you follow the protocol of someone else? Did you read a book that really changed the way you lived? What are some other things you did to heal besides um, adding herbs in? I think like with most people who first start their healing journey, they gravitate towards a person or like a way of eating like carnivore, vegan, um, or, uh, you know, medical mediums, a big one, Dr. Morse. And it's so easy to (laughs) Andrew Huberman. (laughs) Um, everybody, (laughs) not everybody, a lot of people, still want an outside source telling them what to do. You know, they go from allopathic medicine being like, like, screw the guy in the white coat. I don't want another prescription. I'm going to go to the holistic route. And then, but they, they're not intuitive. They're not connected to their intuition. They don't have the tools, so they don't know what to do. It's not like someone's going to magically fall down from the sky and say, here's all the answers. Um, So it's very easy to get into a program of like a quote unquote expert in this side of the world. And I don't, I like, I tell everyone not to do that. (laughs) I want everyone to take a little from many different people that you respect. I I hope you don't agree with 
all of them or any of them at all. Like don't, even with me, if you hear something I say, like, please don't follow everything I say to a T because I'm probably wrong about something. And I mean, I, I, everyone is, everyone, the most educated, spiritual, whatever it might be, they've got something wrong. All right. Um, (laughs) So question everything and everyone, not just the government, the medical system, but literally everyone. But, but find your people, find, like start to experiment and see what starts to work with your body. When I first started, it was like many people, I was like, I'm cutting out meat. It wasn't for moral reasons. It was just for health reasons. I was like, okay, meat bad. Okay, got it. And I just went super plant-based, but not, I'm glad I never did the plant-based junk version. I never did the Beyond Burgers or Impossible Crap, uh, no Frankenfoods. Everything was real produce, fruits, vegetables, just like real food from, from Mother Earth. And that actually did really help me because it, it it like crowded out the inflammatory foods that I was consuming beforehand. And I wasn't really that bad. I never, I never had a like terrible diet, but I ate out a lot. I was a huge foodie. I'm still a huge foodie, but I was like eating everything, everything, gluten, dairy, conventional dairy on the daily, just a lot of inf- inflammatory ingredients and not giving a thought to any of it. And that just, it helps so much to push that out and start nourishing myself with real foods. And I did that for about a year. And I then realized I I need meat. Like my body's craving it. I'm going to listen to my body. And I started to bring grass-fed meat and pasture um, a little, some pasture-raised chicken into my diet and it helped with my energy levels beyond. Like I was like, finally, I can get up. I have the energy. I feel amazing. This is great. Um, and I have one gene mutation or the MTHFR gene, which most people do. Like, I want to say like 40 to 60% of society does. So I'm not the type of person who's going to be taking B vitamins, because that's just not going to work for me. I need a methylated version of B vitamins and B vitamins are so important. Um, So when I started implementing like freeze dried organ complexes and eating more meat, and I don't eat a lot, like I look at it as kind of like a supplement in my, in my diet but I'm like, this is great. Like I feel optimal and I forgot what your question was. But <laughs> No, I love this. I okay. love this so much. <laughs> I was, I mean, you, you're, you're answering it through okay. what you're saying. I was just asking kind of what else did you do besides herbs and diet is oh, huge. Oh, there we go. Okay. I, I went on a long, long talk about food. So food, yes, I went on that journey. Um, but uh, another, I, I don't want to forget, another huge aspect was my mind, my emotional wellness. Um, that was huge. And in a way, when you are, when you start to detox with food, um, 
And you can like not, when I say detox, it doesn't mean you have to go on like a juice cleanse. If you go from inflammatory foods to just nourishing yourself with real foods, you're you're detoxing. Like you're already on a detox. Mm-hmm. When that happens, or when I started heavy metal detoxing because that was huge for me. When metals, toxins, waste are pulled out of your tissues from your system and expelled out of you, it can also release emotional trauma or any sort of emotional suppression living in your body. It's crazy how that happens. So a lot of the time people will start detoxing and they're like, oh my God, I need to stop. This was bad for me. Um, you know, eating eating this way is bad for me. It doesn't work for me. All that heavy metal detox was bad for me because I felt so tired and and um, I had nightmares. And I'm like, no, that's that's okay. That is normal. That is your body saying, I am I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning the system out. Look at all this junk that's coming to the surface and coming out of me. It's normal to feel depressed, anxious, fatigued in the in in a short period of time. If it's longer than I want to say like a few weeks, there's something else going on and you should definitely look to see what's going on. But yeah, I I always encourage people don't stop, keep going. This is good. This is good. This is a good thing. But please rest and hydrate and make sure you're nourished and grounding. But yes, emotional emotional wellness Um, So not just detoxing, detoxing like on its own would help with emotional release, but also just connecting back into myself. I feel like I, for most of my life, I've lived very much up here in my head and in my throat instead of living rooted into like down here and feeling like I'm safe, like I... I'm just, I'm okay. I don't need to do anything. Everything is divinely on its own time. And like everything's working in favor for me. Whereas I used to be like, I'm not enough. I haven't done enough. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm this, I'm that. It's like, whoa, (laughs) up here in the clouds. Um, And that on its own is like, causing more acne and causing me to not sleep and um, just stressing me out. And I, I just, I truly believe stress is one of the, the most important or the most, uh, the, the, the heaviest driving factor of dis-ease. It, of course, diet's important, movement's important, hydration is important, but your mental being, like your mental wellness, the way you think about yourself, the way you speak about yourself to yourself. I was, I mean, being like a theater kid (laughs) growing up, I had a lot of comedic friends and a lot of people who are funny tend to be self-deprecating because it's an insecurity of theirs. So they, they make fun of themselves a lot. And I used to make fun of myself a lot. And then I realized this I'm doing this because it's a protective, it's like a defense mechanism um, so that you can't make fun of me. I'm doing it before you. Mm -hmm. And it's so dark and it's not pushing me forward. It's holding me back. It's making me believe more and more that I am the bad things that I say that I am or, you know, ugly, unworthy, whatever it might be that I I was saying. 
um, you know, you create those beliefs and then you're stuck in that and then you become sick. Um, so really working on that. I worked with practitioners who are uh, really amazing in that field um, of emotional uh, a tra- of like trauma release. Um, and I'm still doing it to this day. It's It's a work in progress, but I would say like the majority of that cloud of of heaviness has lifted. And like, I'll give us one example with my acne, the herbal infusions that I created for myself brought me so far in my acne healing, but I was still getting some breakouts. And it wasn't until I started doing something called mirror work, uh, which is by Louise Hay, Sometimes I say her name wrong, but I love her. Um, if you, if you, it's basically, there's a book that she created. It's super uh, quick that uh, you could look through. It's just, it's looking yourself in the mirror, looking yourself in the eye, which a lot of people, that's very hard to do. It's hard to do it with another person, to look at another person in, in their eyes, but imagine doing it in your own eyes and affirming, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am worthy of abundance. I am abundant. I am pulling in and attracting success and love and all these amazing things that are true about you, whether you believe them or not. And doing that for about a month, it's like 21 days, I believe. And that was so hard at the beginning because it's like, it feels like you're lying to yourself. It feels so ridiculous, first of all, to speak out loud to yourself in the mirror, but also to like say these things that feel like a lie. You're, you're convinced it's a lie. It feels so stupid until you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then one day you're like starting to believe it <laughs> because it's like, it's programming. It's like brainwashing. You told yourself all these years how unworthy, unattractive, not smart enough that you thought you were and that you programmed yourself or maybe a teacher said, you know, you're not good enough to get the A or you're not good enough to get in that college you want to go to or a parent told you, you know, don't sing. You should never sing because your voice sucks. So you never sang again. It's like whether it was society or yourself, something happened. You were programmed to believe this belief. Now you're reprogramming it and it's painful at first, but it, it's very possible to change. Anyway, so I, I started to feel amazing and in connection to feeling amazing and believing that I was worth something and that I was beautiful. The acne totally went away. Oh, I love that you brought the emotional piece up. That was actually a question I was going to ask you. So Great. you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth because I think it's so important to mention that like nothing is fully going to heal if you don't take all that gunk inside of you. And I'm not talking about the toxins and the physical gunk, although that's very important. I'm talking about the emotional things and the traumas, the micro traumas, even if if you think you don't have trauma, like we still have little things that we've picked up our entire lives. And once you start to face that, to face your quote unquote dark side Mm -hmm. and to really just kind of accept it and allow it to release and move through you, that is when true healing can occur. And that's been my experience as well with the acne, especially it's like, I feel like 
when I would get a really bad breakout, it would be because there, there's, there was something I was resisting. There was something mm-hmm. I was angry about. And what's anger? It's red, inflammation. Mm-hmm. It's toxic. And then that it's comes angry out on your, your skin. Face. Yeah. It's literally angry <laughs> on your face. So there is such a huge connection. And there's literally a mind-gut-skin connection and axis that I interviewed a holistic dermatologist actually recently, and we talk about that in that episode. So if you're listening and you want to learn more about that, definitely check that out. But it's so important what you said about the emotional piece. And I also want to come back to the first point you made of don't give your power away to one Mm. practitioner, to (laughs) one person on the internet, to one healer, even if they are saying all the right things. Like you said, everyone has a blind spot. Everyone has things that they're saying that might not even be true. So you have to be very careful and discerning. And you know your body best. Like I think that it's really important to come back to yourself and your intuition. And what I practice is my method is called loving wellness. And that's actually the name of this podcast now. I haven't announced it yet, but that's going to be the new name. So you're one of the first interviews with the new name. Surprise. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Thank you. But loving wellness is really all about putting the power back into your own hands and Take what works and leave the rest with Mm. me, with you, with anyone else you listen to. And there's so many other principles I talk about, but the emotional piece, the spiritual healing, the coming back to yourself and your own body and your own intuition and asking, like, what is loving to me? Is this piece of information actually going to serve me and my body or is it just noise? Because there's a lot of noise out there Mm. and what works for one person isn't always going to work for another person. So I just wanted to thank you for bringing that up. It's so important when sharing about a healing journey, when sharing about someone's experience, it's like, that is my experience. Take what works, check it out for yourself always, and then leave the the rest. And my healing journey as well. It's like I've taken things from different people. I also love Louise Hay. I also love, you know, people like Dr. Joe Dispenza for mm-hmm. the kind of spiritual, emotional aspect. I, I also went vegan for a while and then I ended up going more kind of not paleo or anything like that, but adding more intentional animal protein. Screw the labels. I yeah, don't like no the la- labels. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like there's no, I can't tell you my diet in two words, just like I can't tell you what I did to heal in two words. Yes. But I just, I, everything you said, love and (laughs) can relate to so much. So I wanted to get into the products. So Mm. you have amazing product recommendations and that's a huge part of what you do. And I love the standards you hold with kind of discerning what is something that you're going to promote and what isn't. And it's not talked about that what we're putting on our body is maybe not just as important as what we're putting in our bodies Mm. Um, when it comes to products, when it comes to whatever it is, household cleaning items or water or makeup, whatever thing that we're using that is going into or on our skin. So first of all, how did you get into this world of like non-toxic living? And Mm. also, how do you discern between what is non-toxic and what what isn't? There's so much kind of greenwashing out there. There's so many like it's it's become like food where it's like natural means nothing or even organic doesn't always kind of encompass like it, it can be organic, but it could have antibiotics maybe like it's mm. it's so hard to discern so how do you start to do that and how did you get into this whole world of clean products 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't just go from eating inflammatory foods to clean foods and then still be burning synthetic candles. Like, what? It's it's a lot. First of all, it's a lot to to look at your life and figure out what's going on. What am what am I using? on my body, skincare, makeup, when am I using in my home, trash bags being scented, your candles, are you using sprays, plugins, cleaning supplies, are there fragrances in that, or your clothes, I mean, <laughs> even like, oh, like period care, for example, like I just saw a friend of mine, she switched to period panties and I'm like, yay. And then I saw the brand and I was like, no, <laughs> she's using a NYX and it has forever chemicals right on the, the part that goes right over your crotch and our crotch absorbs <laughs> like very quickly and easily. And we don't want forever chemicals in that area. And so it's, I tell people one step at a time. When you look at my profile, it might be a lot. It might be very overwhelming because I'm talking about literally everything. When I first started, people were like, can you niche down into like one subject? I'm like, nope, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. I have too many passions. Are you a manifesting generator? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm, I feel the same way. I'm like, I can't pick a niche. I love it all. Love it all. You get it. Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I was like, um, yeah. And then I became for like a, a very long period of time, even today, people were like very, they go to me for product recommendations and I'm honored and I love that. But it's like, I don't want to be the product lady. I have so much to offer. But yeah, like one step at a time because great. You looked at your food and you switched everything out. That's a whole process. That's that's a lot to do. It's a lot to overcome and figure out. And like you need to learn new recipes or like how you're going to start purchasing, well, like what to look for, clean snacks, etc. Especially if you if you have kids. So that's a whole endeavor. That's a whole thing you need to figure out. And then now all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, my clothes have forever chemicals in it because I'm buying from Shein and Boohoo and these <laughs> fast fashion uh brands. And I get it, they're cheap, but it's like it's cheap for a reason. Also, they fall apart so so fast. So you're all I feel like you're wasting money by by buying so much fast fashion. Just like invest in good pieces that lost you a long, long time. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's a process. You don't need to overhaul your life all at once because you're going to be left with nothing and it's going to be, it's too much. You don't want to stress yourself out. It's already stressful. Just you got a lot of information to take on and learn. This is a this it's a big learning process. So have grace with yourself. Don't feel guilty. Don't guilt yourself. But I was like all in. <laughs> like I'm learning about my toothpaste, my mouthwash, my <laughs> cleaning supplies, and I'm going through my house throwing everything away. My boyfriend's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't have any of this. I need to clean everything up because you know, I, I need, I want to live a healthy life. I don't want to, you know, today we're, everyone's, oh my gosh, um, you know, I do this, this and that, and I'm fine. Or 
our society is living longer than ever before. I'm like, we may be living longer, but we're also living sicker than ever before. We're living with several diseases and we're just miserable. I mean, how many people do you know have anxiety? Just anxiety. Everybody. Like (laughs) when someone says, oh, I don't have anxiety, it's like, what? You don't have anxiety? Which is so sad. That's so sad. Anxiety is not normal. Anxiety is not normal. (laughs) Just for everyone to know. Yeah. So I became very passionate about the products and I started learning what ingredients I needed to be looking out for. And I started learning that people don't look at ingredients even on their food packages on their on the drinks that they're consuming on a daily basis on their um kids baby formula or baby food they don't know what's going in their kid they're just buying it because they heard it's good or they saw an influencer say that they give their baby this food when in reality they don't actually give that baby (laughs) they're just being paid to to tell us that so there's a lot of deceiving going on and not enough education so i was like i'm going to start educating people on this we need to know we need to know this Um, So that's what I started to do. And I forgot your question again. (laughs) I started talking so much. No, but you once again, you're answering it because I was just asking kind of how did you get into clean products? Like, how do you discern what actually is non toxic? And I mean, we could do a whole part too, like you said, on this very topic. And there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah. Well, I really liked what you said about greenwashing, um, like the term natural. There are so many brands today, for example, uh, which one is it? I think it's beyond meat. Their marketing is green. It's all green. Mm -hmm. It looks like yay, plant-based. It's real. It's Mm -hmm. coming from the earth. Um, very clean, green. That's what we think about. Or like there's like a cleaning brand that they claim to be all clean and natural and for the crunchy mamas. And in reality, they're like using some ingredients that are carcinogenic. It's just very frustrating to see brands deceiving us left and right using colors using minimalistic designs and words that say natural natural can mean anything absolutely anything and because the word natural or green or plant-based is in big letters on the front of a package people won't turn it around they just take it for face value and go oh clean great into my cart And really what I want, like one of my missions is to get people to just turn the package around and look at the ingredients. And if you don't know what those ingredients mean, that's okay. Start little by little, like learn an ingredient a week. Or you can use apps like um, Think Dirty, Yucca. Now, I don't love these apps. I don't love them because they're not completely accurate. They will say things like fragrance is fine and it's not fine unless it's like essential oil based. So 
<laughs> it's 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 sad that I can't be like you can use this and it will give you everything that you need to know and that is it. But I say use multiple sources. You can use those apps. You can also use the EWG website to look up ingredients. It will tell you what you need to know about those ingredients, how dangerous they may or may not be, on like what level. So that's also a great resource. And it doesn't take that much time. I know everyone's like, I'm too busy to do that. I'm a mom. I have work. I have this, that. Like your your phone's in your hand all the time. Come on. Like it's, I know you're on your phone all the time. Just look it up. It takes two seconds to do that. Just to, to, to learn better and know better. And at first it may seem overwhelming because there are thousands and millions of products that exist and they will continue to multiply by the day, but you will start to learn the big name products. You'll start to like learn, okay, that's not a brand I can use. Okay. That's not a brand I can use. Oh, I can use that brand, but not this one product that they created. You'll start, (laughs) you'll start to know and you'll like, you'll start to be versed in this. It's a it's a big world out there of products and ingredients, mm-hmm. but even just trying to be one step better and maybe you start with like your your dishwasher solution yes. or your laundry detergent. Like you don't have to do everything all at once. I'm the same no. as you. I kind of went, I'm gonna throw everything away <laughs> and start from scratch, but I tend to be extreme in that way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's not necessary. And it also can be really overwhelming if that's not the once, way you're used to doing things. What's your star sign, your zodiac sign? My sign is a Leo and I'm a Virgo rising. Wow. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Virgo manifesting generator. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm starting to see the resemblance, but I completely agree. And starting small is better than not starting at all. Right. So I feel like you can just kind of start with one product at a time or one, like you said, ingredient at a time Mm -hmm. and slowly start to get the hang of things. I would definitely, I think I would like, I would start with any scented things. Like, Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, that's affecting everyone. It's not just affecting you in your home, whether it be like your kids, your partner, your pets. I mean, think of your pets. I when I walk into homes where people are burning uh, Bath and Body Works candles, and I see that they oh have dogs, gosh. I'm like, you're poor. Like I, I love you, but also your, your dog <laughs> is breathing this in, and it's literally it can cause issues I don't even want to speak of. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really it's really sad. But I love that you educate on this. I think it's so necessary. And something I wanted to talk about and maybe close off with because I know we're reaching the end is that a lot of people can get overwhelmed with all the information you mentioned. Yeah. And you posted about something recently, a kind of idea that I wanted to dive into a little mm-hmm. with you because I agree completely and I think it's not talked about enough. And that is the idea that Education is different from fear mongering. <laughs> it is not the same. And I bet you get a little bit of pushback on the internet, I'm guessing, because you're sharing about things that people don't want to hear. And people mm-hmm. don't want to hear that what they're doing is hurting their body. They don't want to hear that they have to like change everything. And yeah. a lot of people don't even just want to hear that the things that they're eating aren't good for them, let alone the products. So how can you start to differentiate as a listener, 
how can they start to differentiate? Like, what is fear-mongering? And then what is just good information that they can start to use for their own good? Sort of like, what is loving and what's serving me? Like yeah. I talk about. That's a great question. I mean, I would I would first ask my if if I'm like if I'm consuming content, I would ask and I, I saw something I that made me uncomfortable. I would first ask myself why I'm uncomfortable, right? Why why is it that I'm feeling some emotions bubble up from this post? For example, even recently, I was a little triggered and then I was like, oh, you know, it's because I really like this product. I learned from this creator on Instagram that a certain product that I was using was actually not that great. It had heavy metals in it and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to still use it. I love it. It's fine. <laughs> and then I, I sat with myself and I'm like, why why am I defending this? I mean, I didn't respond because I'm I'm not the person to be like, how dare you? <laughs> right. When you're <laughs> arguing with people online, you need to sign off and go hug a tree. Okay. I don't care what it is. Please go hug a tree because that, <laughs> it's not really the topic at hand that is making you angry. I mean, yes, it's it's stemming from that, but like there's a whole bigger issue that you're dealing with with insecurities or something. Something's going on with you that you need yeah. you feel the need to like throw up your anger at someone else. But like what I'll do if I'm triggered by something is I'll just like sit and stare at the post and be like, what, what, what? <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, I'm upset because I really like this product and I didn't want to make a change. Okay. You know what? This is true. I'm going to I'm going to make a change. It's okay. I don't need to be attached to this. Um so that's that's like the first thing is be aware of why are you so triggered? Is it because you heard you know, from somebody explain to you why Kraft mac and cheese is not good for your kid and you're giving your kid that mac and cheese quite often. And because why? Because it's convenient for you to give it to your kid. You don't have to do much. Easy cleanup. Your kid asks for it all the time. It makes it your kid happy and stop crying. And it provides a lot of convenience in your life, right? And now somebody is saying what you're doing is bad and that is very threatening to you because if you were to make that change, now you have to put in effort to figure out how do I replace this? Oh, now I don't have this thing that acts as like this pacifier for my kid. It's a whole it's a whole thing that the creator of this content didn't even think about because <laughs> they don't know you. They don't know what you're <laughs> they didn't make this post for you, but you're reacting emotionally because it is very much a part of your life. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to feel emotionally uncomfortable or have things bubble up. It's the way you react that matters. It's the way that you react, you know, whether you're responding back with anger or if you're like commenting and asking, thanks for this information, what might be a good alternative, right? We, that's, that's a like, that's a good way of responding. Or, you know, you can just put the blinders on and keep going on with your life and act like nothing happened. You did not learn anything. <laughs> that's all right. That's your life. That's your journey. That is your path. That's 
you know, that's your responsibility. That's your business. Yeah, people are are easily triggered. And I think post 2020, people are very quick to say things on the internet because they're behind a screen and they are protected. I don't think most people would say the horrible things that they would say to the person um, that they're sending the message or comment to in person because they're cowards. Yeah. Um, I mean, truly, it's cowardly when we when we react in that way. I used to care a lot about what other people thought, and that was a part of my healing process is to just let that go because what other people think has nothing to do with me. If Even if people have opinions of me, they say something about me that's not true, it's not about me. That's about them and whatever they're going through. I made a post recently about it in October. It was for breast cancer awareness. It was breast cancer awareness month. And um, I talked about breast implants and I, I talk about breast implants a lot because my own mother experienced breast implant illness, BII. I know so many people who have BII. They have removed their implants. Suddenly they're mysterious, questionable um, symptoms, autoimmune conditions, gone, vanished. They're fine now. It was their implants. Again, going back to the foreign devices in our body, putting foreign objects that are full of, people think breast implants are just, you know, saline, plastic, that's it. (laughs) But it's actually full of heavy metals and there's aluminum in there and uh, uh, acetone. I mean, they're there's just so many, it's a goggly goop of, of poison in your body. And two of them, <laughs> most likely two of them. And um, <laughs> it's just, it's horrible. And re- uh, recently the studies have confirmed and the breast implants have been labeled with a black box label. Again, one of the most dangerous labels you could receive because it causes, um, all implants cause, can cause a form of cancer, a form of, uh, I believe it's lymphoma. And um, wow. yeah, a cancer of your immune system. Hello, autoimmune disease. This is why so many people have autoimmune conditions. And um, anyway, so I created this post about breast implants being a risk for cancer And I had so many breast cancer survivors comment with such anger, calling me the worst names you could think of, just denouncing me, saying very nasty things. And it was heartbreaking because these are women who have survived cancer and I feel for them and I think they're amazing, but they have implants in, you know, and they, yeah. because so many women, after they remove the cancer, they get the the double mastectomy, they put implants in so that they can feel uh, womanly. And I completely understand why why women do that. I do, but I think women should know, especially women who have overcome cancer, breast cancer, yeah. that they're. If, if they choose to put implants in their body, they are now putting themselves at high risk for cancer and um, other immune, autoimmune conditions. So it's tough. But 
I think education needs to be out there. I think fear-mongering, fear-mongering is different. It's like, um, it's saying, it's it's claiming something and not backing up with any facts. No, no facts at yeah. all. It's just saying, this is bad. It's like saying, um, drinking spring water is bad for you. And then that's it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? There's no information to back it up. No, no, yeah. nothing. And that's fear-mongering. Education is different. Of course, studies have been wrong all the time. I hate when people say trust the science. It's like what science? Every like every, yeah. every everything has been bought and paid for. You want to look at independent studies and long-term studies and you know what I mean, but we want we want facts. We, and I want people's like real life experiences too cuz I look at that mainly as being like real science right there is people's real experiences. And so, yeah, I think it really just comes down to people being triggered because of their own insecurities. And I feel for them, but it's not my responsibility or anyone else's to make them feel better or to shut myself up because they don't like it. That's on them. And I do my best to offer alternatives. I do think there are a lot of creators, health and wellness creators online who, you know, they put out a lot of great information, but they don't offer alternative solutions to what what they're saying is bad. So I think that's really important is yeah. to, uh, for people like myself to offer several solutions. Yeah. And you do that so beautifully. And I think what you said is right. Like people want options. They want to be able to make a decision that is going to be empowering for them. They don't want to hear that what they're doing is wrong and then have nowhere to go after they hear that. That literally yeah. is what you said is fear mongering. So I think that that's so important, the distinction between the two and don't stop doing what you're doing <laughs> because of some people who don't want to hear it. I think that you're just doing such incredible work in this Thank wellness you. space. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for coming on the show. This has been so fun. I've had so much fun chatting with you. It was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I don't usually do other people's podcasts. And for some reason, when you reached out to me, I felt like a, like a feeling of, of joy come over me. And I was like, okay, Aww. I guess I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, and I'm so glad I did because you were such a light. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And you too. And I'm so happy that we connected. I have five rapid fire questions I ask at the end of every podcast. So okay. do you have time for those very quickly? I know we're yes. getting, we're running out. <laughs> no okay. Problem. The first one is what is your favorite fruit? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> oh God. I know this is such a hard question. <laughs> Okay, it's between two. Oh, that's hard. Well, okay, I'm going to say two. And it's a very ripe yellow mango. You know, when it's just Oof. juicy and it, it's not stringy. You just bite into it and it melts in your mouth and it's, oh, so juicy. Um, or like a juicy, crisp watermelon. Mm. Oh. You oh, just but right. My favorite fruits. But right now, I'm loving pomegranate. I know you're as a fellow oh. Persian. We love the pomegranate. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, my mom like once a week will get like a ton of them and just seed them for yep. the week. <laughs> oh, I love That's when our so moms funny. do that. 
Um, what is, I mean, you already answered this, so maybe you could do your big three, but the question is, what's your sun sign? So I know you're a Virgo, but what are your other, your okay. rising and your moon? Um, Virgo, Capricorn, Aquarius. Ooh, okay, nice. Yeah. What is one book that changed your life that you would recommend to everyone? Oh, that's so hard. Any of Joe Dispenza's work? Ooh, yes. Uh, you know, becoming superhuman. Um, the there's one. Oh my god, I'm reading a book right now. Um, a bold return to giving a damn, and it is Ooh, by the 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 owner, the farmer of White Oak Pastures. He wrote a book about how he turned his farm into a regenerative farm, and it's it's incredible. I think everybody vegan carnivore whatever label non-label you are should read and learn learn about this yeah oh I love that I need to learn more of about that whole world of regenerative farming I don't know enough so maybe I'll read that book next it's great it's great what is one habit or ritual that you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you grounding there's a lot I mean there are a lot of non-negotiables but um I think Again, I can live in my head and become very overwhelmed and tired by my own thoughts and all the things I want to do. And someone like myself really needs to ground. And um, I mean, everybody needs to ground because it's really, you're literally putting your energy into the earth and the earth is giving you back energy with through negative ions and actually can heal dis-ease. It regulates your circadian rhythm and grounding could be anything from, you know, I'm sitting on a PEMF mount right now, which is grounding me as I'm sitting here talking to you, but you don't need to spend any money. You can literally just go outside, put your feet on the ground on grass, sand, dirt, even concrete. If you live in a concrete jungle, uh, it can, you could still get the frequencies of the earth through through concrete just don't do like a rubber don't wear your don't wear shoes and um yeah i think that that's really really important because we're living in these boxes and in cities and we're not going outside as much as we naturally should and we're not seeing the sun and we're just becoming these little robots at our desks and um becoming sad and anxious <laughs> you could eat as clean as possible think all the good thoughts but we are nature we for some reason for some reason we've become so modernized that we love convenience we are ordering postmates on our phone foods coming to our door groceries we order a car it comes up and we're you know on the go everything's very convenient we can't watch a story longer than 30 seconds it's like you know we everything's very quick we need to slow down and ground and um, come back to nature just to feel okay. <laughs> Amen. Okay, last question and last question of this whole interview. This show is now called Loving Wellness and it's what I practice with myself. It's what I teach clients and it's the philosophy I live by. So my last question to you is what does loving wellness mean to you? First of all, congratulations. That is a beautiful name. <laughs> Thank you. It really is. Thank you. 
It's, it's actually funny. The chiropractor I go to, her studio is called Innate Love Wellness. And I just, I, I keep I keep seeing love and wellness everywhere I go recently. I'm like, oh, this is lovely. I like this. <laughs> oh, I love that. Loving wellness. I believe it sounds cheesy, but like self-care. And I don't, I like, I don't think, I mean, self-care can be like putting a mask on and having a bubble bath. That's great. Um, but tr- making choices for yourself that are rooted in love and putting yourself first because you can't help other people if you don't help yourself first. It's like on the airplane, they tell you put the mask on first before you help somebody else out because truly you can't help another person if you can't breathe, if you have no energy, if you have given so much of yourself to other people um, and your cup is not filled. It's It's been poured out. What are you going to give? You don't have an and anything else to give and we've been taught by society that you know we're selfish if we think of ourselves or you know it's it's, you gotta feel you should feel guilty by putting yourself first it's not selfish it's not I mean whatever you want to call it selfish sure be selfish so you can help other people so you can help your family so you can make this world a better place um I think if everyone in the world just helped themselves a little bit more, grounding themselves, ate better food, made good choices for themselves, there would be less war and hate and trolls on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I believe. Beautiful answer. And thank you so much again for coming on. Really quickly, where can everyone find you? Oh, yes. Um, they could find me on Instagram at Healing the Source. I have a website called healingthesource.org. I am on TikTok, but not really on TikTok. And maybe one day I will start being regular on there. (laughs) It's so hard. There's so many. I mean, I feel like there's so many platforms and things to do. Um, Oh, need to go grounding. But... But yeah, those uh, mainly, you know, the website and my Instagram is where you can find me. Beautiful. Well, thank you again. And thank you for listening. I will talk to you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.